0: Welcome back to part three of our down the HR rabbit hole with special guests Roz and Joe talking about DEI. Um, this the topic for the third part is going to be uh, centered around DEI initiatives. But, but ladies, I got to bring up two things that I really heard mm. in our second part was that interests me, and I'd, and I'd like for the two of you all to kind of expound upon. Sure. Um, one was microaggression and implicit bias. Tell me about those two things specifically.
1: Yeah. Joe, microaggression. What, just number one on your top 10 list. Well, what
2: I've heard, what I've heard people say that bothers them, people of color that I've worked with, when when a white colleague or an interviewer um, will meet them and say to them, you're so articulate, thinking that they're giving someone a compliment when it's al- that's almost code yeah. speak for i didn't
1: know you were black you didn't sound black yeah 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 or a, a a a microaggression is is you know i guess you could it is the implicit bias and microaggressions go hand in hand you don't it's when you're doing something in a in a very—it's it, aggressive, but it's so subtle that you're really not picking up on it. And it's I often communicated through you know, language. You know, Joe. Do, do you remember the project that we were working on? And we were so happy for Emily. And and, and Emily, um, we're changing the name to protect the innocent. <laughs> and Good. and Emily, and, and really, <laughs> so uh, Emily came in. And she was so excited, guys, because she she says, my my award ceremony or my what what ceremony was it that she had? Um, she, our citizenship ceremony. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah, she, she was, was like, so excited. And, and she never spoke. She was always in the corner. And we were just like looking at it. We were so excited because Emily was interacting with us. We're like, oh, great, Emily, when is it? And so she, she gave the information. She gave the date. And then one of our colleagues looked at it and said, oh, really? I'm so happy for you. How long have you been in this country without being a citizen? So can And the that, conversation stopped question it. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and thought it was okay. So, but... How long have you, I mean, is it, is there anything wrong with asking the question? Is it on its face? Is there another
3: way to ask it?
1: Or, Definitely. Do, you, or do you need to ask it at all? You know, so. Um, Without a
3: rapport. If, uh, because well sometimes I ask questions because I genuinely love people's story. Yeah. So it, there's a trust building prerequisite.
1: Exactly. Yes and 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 we'll get into that too joe i think because at what point we're taught not to say this we're taught to s- we, we can say this we can't say this and you know you you want to be legitimate you want to be on the up and up i guess but by the same token you want to be real and you want to be you and you want it's i think where are you coming from when you when you're expressing these things so philip to your point do you have to have a history with that person? Does someone have to know that you know you're being genuine and honest, or do you just not say it all for the sake of, of, of you know, being socially correct?
2: And well, so I think people need to think before they speak.
1: But I also think, Joe, that you, you speak genuinely if you're feeling it and come from a great place. Mm. How do you balance? How do we balance those two? Well, it, it depends what you want to know. It depends
2: on the rapport you have with that colleague. So if if a call if if i see a colleague on a regular basis and we talk while we're getting coffee and it's and it's little conversations and then the next time i see you and we're ordering ordering lunch and and uh, and at that moment i want to ask about a religion or a little bit more that colleague might feel they truly want to know about me and not just about me representi- representing representing mm-hmm.
1: a whole joe this morning at breakfast um uh, uh, this her voice her accent was so cute she had the most beautiful accent i couldn't help myself i had to say where are you from so is that a but microaggression or is that i mean no, i just want
2: cause the way you said it roz you came off you're very friendly you wanted to know about her you were interested as opposed to well where are you from
1: so is it the way I speak is it how I ask the well question I mean how I how always do you
2: say think before you speak think about what you want to know do I need to know this right now you know there's the wide world of Google out there so if you want to know <laughs> why a certain religion wears a head scarf or or something to that nature depending on your relationship with the person who is wearing a hijab or um
1: or, or has turban. kinky hair like me, or, or
2: anything, anything that represents a difference. Google it first, maybe. But Find jo- it well, Joe,
0: I also to add to that. I think um, I- in your example just now, body language too. Yes. Is is it yes. without even saying anything? Yes. It's body language. Yes. Yes. You can almost see through people at that point. Yes. Yes,
2: yes. and that's when people feel violated. When people. Um, don't see the sincerity in somebody genuinely wanting to know more about them as opposed to what the difference is.
3: It's yeah, funny. Is I uh, So at dinner um, very recently, uh, there was some uh, a waiter who really wanted to hover. And mm-hmm. I thought to myself, they're not really reading the signs. They were um, hugging on my girlfriend, who I was sitting next to. They were leaning over her, mm-hmm. talking very closely. And I just thought, in the context of right now, And it's all about maybe context. So in the context of right now, being so close to somebody, breathing on someone that you don't know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there are a number of cues that were missed, I think, in that kind of. So the body language, I think, also, he wasn't reading the fact that my girlfriend was extremely uncomfortable, that my girlfriend was averted to that kind of uh, real Mm -hmm. uh, aggressive sort of uh, conversation. And so body language.
1: You know, when I listen to both of us and the question, guys, I have to go back to that word, culture. And when you have a culture that that th- self-fulfilling culture, that's that um, a, a true, true culture, then you, you're going to feel safe. You know that it's okay. You're not questioning whether it's a microaggression. I don't have to. I mean, you literally, uh, g- Joe, I agree with you. Google and have to know what you're speaking of. I mean, but when you have a culture that takes care of all that for you, then we don't, you know someone's space. You know where to stand. You know how close to get. You know that if someone in the office is asking you about, you know, the way you speak or you hear, that they're coming from a truly true, it's not to say that we can't ask those things, but when you have a culture of equity and inclusion, then these things are okay. So um, if, if you don't mind, if there's a couple, Joe, and, and, and along with what we're saying, Um, to get to that place that we were talking about earlier, to get to the culture, um, there there are three things that are absolutely, and and we're getting back to DEI initiatives, and that's how do we get to that place. We're going to get to that place with these initiatives. But the first three initiatives are just that that you absolutely must have. Uh, you're going to have to have an honest, honest discussion with yourself, with your company, know where you are, and be real and and it, it does you how can you begin a dei program when you really aren't being truthful with yourself as to what you need and where you stand so understanding that opening yourself up to that and hearing the truth about where you really are with your dei walk i think that's the first thing that you need to accomplish and then um i think the second thing i i would have to say accountability accountability
2: holding everyone accountable yes
1: everyone being
2: from the CEO down to yeah. maybe a plant manager, who kind of, you know, makes sure everybody's space is clean yeah. at the end
1: of the day. Yeah. So everybody it's is accountable, and y- your board members, um, if, 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 because if you're not, if there's no accountability, especially at the top, then you can't hold, you know, anyone beneath you or on the bottom the Right, of and that's how well.
2: system inequities
1: arise. I, yeah. A so
3: commitment, regardless of its impact on self as an executive.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. And then, so accountability in that sense, in an ownership sense, but you also want accountability. I think that we spoke about this earlier, Sanders. Accountability is also measuring and taking measurements. And, and, giving and grading yourself and recording it, coming back and visiting it. How well did I do? What did I not do? What do we need to improve upon? Own it, own it, own right. it.
2: Are and the policies put
1: in place thus far? Which are they the working? working? Yes. yes, and own it. And once you own it, y- then you become accountable. So uh, again, to, to reiterate that, you want to understand where you are and what you are, honestly, check yourself. And then you want to be accountable for it. And as you said, Joe, you want policies and procedures. So when mm-hmm. you have, I, I said deviant. You're so nice. You, you, you had a much nicer word for deviant, but when resistance. W- <laughs> yes, when you have resistance, and well, you have well, deviant.
3: Re- the definition, by the way, of deviant really it has to do with statistics. So yes. anything that's yes. outside of the, the norm yes. and yes. the the yes. overall outside curve. The so, you know, while we've used, we've spat the word deviance over the years yes. to malign people like me or others <laughs> not <laughs> you <know>. at all <laughs> quite the opposite yeah <laughs> it, it really has a very mathematical it does basis. it does and
1: I, and I meant yes. in that way so just to so that we don't lose these very three important points you know in talking about the initiatives and and what can you do you know to to to, to create a DEI program or within your program if you already have one if uh, or if you want to mature your program you know You want you want to have written policies and procedures and you want to have accountability and make sure that everyone remains accountable. And you want to be honest and true. You want to be honest and true with where you are in your program.
2: And training, training, you know, you need the
1: training. Absolute high five on that one. Mm -hmm.
0: You know, when we talk about accountability and within a business, you know, I I also believe there's there's got to be a piece of that where uh, top down should be getting consistent feedback from employees. And I know we talk a lot about in the HR world, you know, performance reviews, and I almost feel like that's going to go away because when you think performance reviews is how do I perform at my job? But is there, um, I guess, something out there that's catch that's gaining momentum instead of calling it a performance review, like an assessment of the business's D&I, and, D and from the employee end? Well, it's
2: funny because we've spoken about this before. (laughs) 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 Am
0: I am I wrong by thinking that that's a real thing? Uh, I I think it would be no, no, out of our heads. (laughs) I mean, I I think Joe,
1: I'll I'll (laughs) let you take that.
2: Well, one of one of the ways is possibly creating and keeping a scorecard where you have your line items, where depending on the type of business and 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 what you're looking at, the accountability, your policies, training, and where, where are you in that scorecard? Are you yeah. green? Are you following everything? Are you looking at it? Are you revisiting it? Or are you somewhere in the yellow? Because maybe you have it, but you're not really focusing on anything, yeah. or are you on in the red? So that's keeping a scorecard is just one instance of, of holding you know, yourself. I like
1: that, Joe and Sanders, th- that back to your point, I really like that, because with a scorecard, you're building DEI into your daily operations because when, when 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 your team members and your employees know that you have a sco- scorecard so to speak that that we're keeping tabs on your progress and your benchmarks and what you're doing you're I- it's built in and at and you in, in already you're building a culture and you're holding people, people what they're expected exactly to do. exactly well that's it's
0: a I i mean that's a that's a fantastic idea because if if you take a scorecard just even on a on, on a global scale imagine that 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 recruit that hey yeah. i want to go work for this company and i go onto their website and let's say that scorecard is is you know 1 out of 10 10 being the best yeah. and they see that this company scored a 9.8 yes. on their I scorecard they don't e- at that point they don't even have to worry about totally what's going on over totally. there and they already know about-
1: what about a, that's a that's a ma- macro level. What about on a micro level when an employee has their scorecard and they have their individual points. So when you come up for what we used to call an employment, uh, um, uh, I guess, a performance review, now you've got your scorecard and you know, I- I- and your raise is tied into that. And you know, uh, being able to move to a different position. So yeah, we, we, we really that like makes all the world. We you know, really when we go into money the still w- speaks when we go into companies and when we're implementing implementing these DEI programs, we absolutely, scorecard is one of our favorite um, um, initiatives that we like to incorporate and teach our companies about.
2: Um, That's one of the things that job seekers absolutely look at, what is a company's culture? So when they're looking for a job, if your company has a low score in diversity, equity, inclusion, they're not going to apply to your business, they're going to apply to your competition.
3: And I think to myself, my gosh, okay, if this company doesn't like me, then why on earth would I go there? I'm not going to ever move up. Why would I invest whatever I have to contribute, which I think is pretty great. (laughs) Listen,
2: we (laughs) all go to work for a paycheck, but we want to be able to to elevate ourselves and, and learn and move on. Yeah.
1: And, and, you know, an a great tie-in, guys, another initiative that we really, really, um, let's, well, we don't want to forget to discuss our recruiting practices. So, again, to bring it back home a little bit, we're talking about DEI and how do we begin a DEI program. Maybe we already have a, pr- maybe we don't have the money. We want to do a couple things so we can do these things individually. Recruiting, where are you getting your employees from? Where are you looking from your employees?
3: Why does that matter?
1: oh my gosh, Joe, why does that matter, Joe? Well, do you want to l- tell him I do?
2: Well, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go back to what I said er- earlier about what, what qualifications are you looking for? Are you just looking for a certain degree? Because then you're eliminating people who have that everyday experience, mm-hmm. hands-on mm-hmm. experience. Mm-hmm. And, and depending what your business is and, and what you're needing, well, that person who has that real-life experience is going to know how to handle problems and where the solutions are than somebody who just learned it from a book.
1: We, we were sitting on a project and the, c- and the senior management was a little upset because it's fourth quarter, we've made all of our earnings, our next goal is to find minority employees. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm looking and s- you know, I'm just being transparent and I'm looking around the room. And I'm um, I like, I, I see minorities in the room, you know, can we start there? Or what are you doing with them? You know, that, that's a, so with regard to recruiting, sometimes you can recruit from within. Or, you know, when sit and look at your applications. Where are your applications coming from? Are you reaching beyond a certain zip code? Are you reaching beyond a certain race of people? Are you reaching beyond, you know, what, ag- again, this ties into implicit bias, that sometimes you're just not aware of what you're doing and how you're doing it, and, and brainstorm. So this is a r- really great little initiative You know, to get together and sit down and and think, where are we getting our people from? Who are we advertising from? When we need to hire? How do we reach out and find what it is that we're looking for? Are we limiting ourselves? Or we just open up, you know, the sky's the limit.
3: Can I ask you a little bit about a resume? Absolutely. Okay, so having looked at literally thousands of attorney resumes over the years Mm -hmm. and so on, um, I find it really hard to check to not check off boxes when I'm looking at a resume, especially with the volume of resumes, Okay, Mm -hmm. So um, thinking about that, what is is a way that you can undo an implicit bias when you're looking at a resume? Just give me like a little nugget.
1: Change your algorithm. (laughs) <laughs> okay. So, whether your algorithm is a computer machine algorithm yeah. or whether the algorithm is in your head?
3: Yes, I was going to say, so in my head. So, yeah. I mean, we can all definitely look at um, what are our preset uh, resume screening yes. models in our, yeah. in our ATSs, our applicant tracking systems what in our head is telling us i'm just going to go ahead and do away with this i used to work with uh, as you both probably know lots and lots of nigerian attorneys Mm. because that Mm. they can wave into the new york bar Mm. because it's a very similar legal system mm. and so names didn't sound normal and so when i'm sending these names over to law firms partners at law firms of course i would note that of course i would note a a difference in the sound of the name or the, the appearance of a name that's one thing what else
1: well, if I could just speak to that really quickly. Um, it, it that, again, it goes back to culture, you know what I mean? But um, actually read the resume and understand what your company is, what you're selling, what, w- what what do you want your end result to be? You know, what is the right result? And you're looking for that in a resume, not the top, you know, a, a lot of times top 10%. Or do you want to experience an area A, B, C, or D? But you want to look at your company understand where the gaps and the weaknesses are how do you fill those gaps what do you need to fill them? and 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 implant those things into your resume as opposed to you know numbers or metrics or or whatever uh, that you're trying to get away from Mm -hmm. you know but you everyone's different every company's going to be different but look at again it goes back to that first initiative be honest with yourself who are you what do you want where do you want to be and when you figure that out that's what you need to look for in your resume. Yeah.
3: Can I add, so as, as like I said, as, as this person who's seen so many resumes, th- how you apply that. So for me, you have to remind yourself, this person might not have had the same opportunities that the other person has had to have worked in some of these other roles. However, I'm n- inferring that there are some of those base skills to enable them to do everything that I need out of this job. But what that's about
1: merit. What about the
3: merit? right? Right. Well, exactly. <laughs> we gotta make sure that we're <laughs> exactly. But that honestly, that really is a new perspective that I've just gleaned right now. So that really is, I could look at a resume and I could say, "Gosh, this person's accomplished everything," and this other person has accomplished nothing. But uh, if you keep in mind, okay, well, they might not have had that same opportunity to access some of those positions and that experience. That's a profound. Um, see change in the way I think about a resume. I got
1: it based upon what you need and, 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 and what you're looking, what your company need. Okay, but then, um, just really quickly, along with that, Philip, um, let, let's let's not forget about another really great initiative would be complaints. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, Joe and I were a complaint talking about process. Yes, well, not necessarily a complaint process, but complaints. I mean, are you really listening to what people are saying? about becoming better. Joe and I were, we were talking this morning over breakfast, we had this really the best boss ever, right? I wouldn't say that he's a boss, but he was the best project leader and you ever, lost, that's how and so was. he comes into, <laughs> that's awesome. he, he, rather than, we, we go into his office and this is what we're doing today, and he doesn't say A, B, C, or D needs to be accomplished, he says, what's on your mind? Mm. And how are you going to get us there? What do you think? He what to do you think? we had to say. Yes. What do you think? And that's how he built diversity. He didn't, he didn't want, he goes, well, I know what I think. I know it's in my head. He goes, look what that's gotten us.
2: And that's how it makes somebody feel heard. Yes. Yes. By being able to speak about what you think because you're
1: asked. It's a simple question. So that that ties back to your algorithm, you know, and changing your algorithm. Mm -hmm. And just, you know, take a good look at yourself and conscientiously do things differently. Okay.
0: Awesome. Well, that's going to end our part three. Of our discussion around today's topic again awesome stuff I learned a bunch of stuff today microaggression so thank you Joe for walking me through that example that was great (laughs) Um, so that's gonna that's gonna wrap up part three Um, we will be back for part four so thanks again ladies and we will see you all next time